Hey everyone, how you doing? It's Nelly here. Today we are joined for sloppy seconds by the one and only comedy cabaret producer, director, actor, the wonderful Wes Snelling. Dear Nelly fans will remember him as the darling man who married himself at 40. Wes and I have a great episode today. We talk about dry July and how giving up booze for a month radically changed Wes's anxiety, his mood, his physical health, everything really. Wes asks me in his free shot about sexual identity and we have a really open and interesting discussion about the stereotypes around bisexuality, sexual fluidity, sapiosexualness, all the things that come with that. We do some ripper memes and take a couple of gorgeous listener calls on online dating profiles. We take a listener letter on unsolicited dick pics and what the hell is up with that shit and we end on a discussion about what a massive buzzkill claustrophobic relationships are. Wes, as always, is beautiful, open, honest, he's curious, his voice alone is to die for, and he brings his beautiful heart and his big brain to the chat. Now, this podcast was recorded in the council area known as Maribyrnong in Melbourne. I would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land, the Wurundjeri, Woiwurrung and Bunurong peoples of the Kulin Nation, and pay my respects to their elders past, present and emerging. A couple of quick things. One, we have another live show coming up, this time in Sydney on October 7th. The one we just had in Melbourne was bloody fabulous. But look, you asked us to come to Sydney, we have answered. It will star none other than Yumi Steins, Benjamin Law and comedian Chris Ryan. Oh my God, it's going to be a belter. Details in the show notes or on our social media. Please tell all your Sydney friends. And if you're in or you can get to New South Wales, I promise you this is a show that you do not want to miss. Now, last but not least, your favorite bit. Yes, this is a sex, dating and relationships podcast for adults. If you don't like swearing, oh my God, it's really going to give you the shit. So off your fuck. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Dear Nelly, I could use some advice, dear Nelly. Yes, some help would be nice, dear Nelly. I'm eager to hear your point of view. Dear Nelly, there's a lot to explore, dear Nelly. When you're 40 or more, dear Nelly. So I'm hoping we can talk it through. Yeah.
Oh, welcome to Dear Nelly Sex Relationships and Dating from the Other Side of 40. We are here with Sloppy Seconds with the one and only Wesley. Hi, Nelly. Yes, I love being a sloppy second. Oh, I know you do. Yeah, it's warmed up. <laughs> warmed up. Draft two. Loose and full of juice. Yeah, grant application in. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, I know what you mean. Yeah. So let's go back. For those who didn't listen to your first episode, go Why? back. No. First of all, God, go I back and listen. You were what, on episode five, I think, four or five? Sure. Early on, you can look through the list and find it. But we don't need to go back through your whole relationship's history, but let's do a little pricey. Oh, well, um, what I don't know what I talked about last time. I probably talked about my wedding, marrying myself. Yes, you did. Um, and singledom. Yes. And um, you know, marrying myself for the purpose of uh, kind of declaring to my friends and family that I'm going to take me for who I am for the exactly. rest of my life. Exactly. doesn't mean I can't be in a relationship. Yeah. But it does, just means that I'm not there at the moment. I don't think. Yeah. I don't know. Well, we'll find out this episode. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I'll ask. Yeah. Yes, we. I think one of the reasons we had such a big response to your episode is because you are long-term single and you did a pivot and went, right, I'm turning 40, I'm going to marry myself. And on the surface, if you heard that, you'd probably go, what? But actually when you explain you know, the beauty of having your brothers sit down and, you know, give you that chat and declaring to people that you're going to be putting yourself first and all that kind of stuff. It was beautiful. Aww. It was absolutely beautiful. I'm not going to go listen to it, man. Oh, you know, we had lots of calls about it after. Oh, great. Yeah. Do you give fabulous. out your number? I uh, know we have speak pipe function on my website. Oh, of course. It's 2023. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I barely give my number to you. I was imagining you. you with a landline. <laughs> Going, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Nelly Crisis Centre. Oh, I thought you were going to go the other direction. I could have. Hello. Um, now, you've been doing Dry July. Yes, I have. Do tell. I mean, this will be out. We record well ahead, so it won't be out in July. Well, it'll probably still matter. be dry. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm having a blast. So what happened? Why'd you do it? What's the story? Many reasons. Look, I, I went into – I always had the mindset of doing it this year, but I just yeah. was finding – I was touring most of last year and got back and then it just kind of turned into an extended nightlife yeah. for ages. Yeah. And I just got to a point where I was bored – yeah. Of drinking. Yeah. It just became a habit a bit. Like it was, you know, I've always been one to drink. Like it's yeah. my thing. I go out for a second. You like amazing. a tipple. Yeah. And, you know, and then, I don't know, it wasn't even, it was a mixture of can I see, I could, see if I could do it for a month, which sounds, to some people that might be nothing, but in my lifestyle it was a thing. I think for lots of people listening it will be a very big thing. Like even if you are a one or two wines with dinner sort of person, not having any for a month I think would scare a lot of people, mm. honestly. It, it was um, – and ended by this weird – I had a really big night out the night before the day that Dry July was happening and I kind of knew I was probably going to do it. But yeah. There was still that part of me the night before going, oh, I'll decide tomorrow. Mm. And I had a really big night and it ended kind of – I kind of half fell out of a cab. Yeah, right. And not – I mean, it, it was actually funny at the time. Yeah, you know, it was yeah, very yeah, Adina yeah. Monsoon, absolutely yeah. fabulous. Like it was <laughs> – but I got home and then um, just it was eating away at me and then I just went, I'm putting this straight on the socials because that I'm doing Dry July because I just yeah. need to, while I'm feeling crap. Yeah. Because I feel like I, if I do that, I'll do it. Yes. 
Because um, it's sort of there's a level of accountability in it. Yes, and like I even, need it, and I mean, and yeah. for, for obviously for an awesome cause, like there's mm. that side of it too. Mm. But you know, to be honest, mm. it was probably more about me just yeah. giving myself and and do, for a good reason, having a reason. Yeah, I think that accountability thing's really interesting. I mean, even something as simple as as I told you, I started the gym. yesterday and even that just like putting it on my Facebook to my friends and kind of going I'm going to do it when it comes to going to do it it, there's more incentive to do it yeah because you know someone's going to say how was the gym and I knew I'm a very much like set a goal do it person like I had to I had to do it that day yeah if I if I missed that window I would have sunken yes because it was I was just bored I was bored of uh feeling like i I was losing trust and faith in myself because I'd say, mm. oh, I'm not going to go out and drink and have a big night tonight. Mm. And then it would eventuate in it. Mm. And then I'd wake up and then there's shame. There's yeah. all of the things. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, and I – but I've actually had a really cruisy month. Well, tell I've me, like, so what, much done. what differences have you noticed? No, anxiety levels. Dropped? I still have anxiety. Yep. The difference is I don't have anxiety on anxiety. Yes. So I have – I. Can deal, I wake up if I'm feeling anxious, I talk myself out of it within minutes. Oh, see, this is interesting. So one of my kids' therapists was saying to her the other day, when you have anxiety and then you add another layer on it, so you start to spiral or you start to ruminate or whatever, he described it as it's like you've got an arrow, you know, shot, you've shot, there's a shot arrow into your chest and then you keep shooting them. Mm. And then you're going, why do I feel bad? Why do I feel bad? Because you're following that path. And I guess booze is that. Because you feel the first arrow and you go, I'll have a drink. Mm. But that's actually another arrow. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it might make you feel better for a couple of hours. But cumulatively, it absolutely increases anxiety. Absolutely. I, I wasn't remembering conversations once I hit that point in the night. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. Yeah. But, and I was always around friends. So yeah. it was like I, I knew I wasn't doing anything out of whack or, yeah, or wrong. Yeah. yeah. It was just more that I was just sick of myself being in mm. that state. And you wanted to get a grip on it. Yeah. And I yeah. found because I was, it, it literally, I'm not, I mean, there's probably many factors, but because I was, yeah, doing a lot of gigs, I just found that it was just yeah. a given that I would rock up, someone yeah. would offer me a drink, I'd yeah. take it. Not their fault, that's mine. I can say no, I get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it just, and then that, I used to be able to go, okay, I'll just go home after that. But yeah. it just – I found in the last year or so it just turned into a bigger thing. It creeps up on you. And I think for people of our age, you're a little bit younger than me but similar, that's when it, that starts to bite. Yeah. You know, it's like when you're 28 or 35 even and you go, oh, I'm not going to drink tonight, but you do, you sort of just shake it off. Yeah. But it gets harder as you get older. I think that's really interesting to consider as well. You're in a workplace where there's a lot of alcohol. How did you feel like socialising without drinking? I've made a – at first I made an effort and now I don't need to make an effort yeah. to do all of the things that I usually do. Yeah. So I go out – a yeah, lot. Yeah. I found Virgin Mary's is my first drink. So yeah. usually I'd wake up and go, okay, tonight, you know, five o'clock Prosecco. Yeah. Now I'm like five o'clock Virgin Mary or whatever time it is because yeah. it's it's about that switch off point of the day shifted yeah. into another realm. And Virgin Mary's, although <laughs> when I first found Virgin Mary's, as in, yeah. I'd never really been into Bloody Mary's. Yeah. Um, but I f- love Virgin Mary's. I had like four yeah. <laughs> in a row not realising that the next day I would be literally... <laughs> on the toilet like I was having a colonoscopy the next day. Yeah. 
it was that's a lot of acid like literally i was having it was it, yeah but i did so now i have one yeah but i'm regular yeah <laughs> There you go. I, Let that be you incentive. You know, healthy. And I think, and then I go on to a fabulous Prosecco Zero that I love, a Brown Brothers Prosecco Zero. Yeah. And, um, and or I, that's just when I'm out. I wouldn't do that at home. It's so just when I'm out. People listening who are considering giving up booze for however long, I reckon one of their worries will be like, will I be fun? I, well, I'm just naturally amazing. Yeah. Uh, no. Um, look, I absolutely, it took a few days to get, everyone's has, because uh, I speak a lot about Dry July with people this month. And it's yeah. funny, being out this month, you yeah. spot the people straight away and then you find your little hub in the corner. Yes. And you actually, like last yes. night, I think most of my discussions, it wasn't boring at all. Like yeah. people were had, had asking questions, but yeah. it was like, your focus becomes, and you talk about like what yeah. tricks have you found? Yeah, <laughs> what do you? What's how's it changed you? The the um, so I no not boring at all. In fact, quite the opposite. Opposite. I actually think the the thing that's happening is that um, I'm more engaged. Yeah, which you can have, have two more... sides. I must admit, there's more brain farts because what happens yeah, I yeah. notice if you're drinking is you start talking and yeah. then you forget what you're saying at this <laughs> age, and then usually you just go off on a tangent and don't even notice. Yeah. When you're sober, yeah, you talk and then you have the brain fart and then you just focus on what was on I talking that, yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the person's sitting there going, "Yeah, have, are you still with us?" Yeah, Wes. <laughs> so maybe it is boring for them. It's not for me. I don't also, think I don't so. Care. I, yeah. I, to be honest with you, yeah. biggest picture, bigger picture for me was the mission of get it, doing it. Yeah. So and my health, mental health, and physical. Yeah. yeah. And so it's like, if if you if you're bored of me, walk away. Like I don't care. It's I really don't care. I think if you're in better health, you're having a better conversation. Yeah. You know, generally you're going to have a quality conversation, and just for people listening, if they're considering doing it, either quitting drinking or doing it less. I reckon the the thing I learned from you is you got to rip that band-aid off because the anticipation of going to a bar and not drinking or going to a party and not drinking or whatever it is is much worse than the reality. Mm. Do it a couple of times, it'll be your new normal. It'll be interesting and maybe next time for sloppy thirds. Yeah. <laughs> Thirsty, Thirsty thirds. Thirsty thirds. <laughs> You'll we can update, but I I I mean it's going to be interesting to see once dry July finishes what if if my mind shifts. Yeah. Uh, at the moment, I'm thinking like I'll go back to drinking, but I, yeah. I just I think I've reset and I'll do it mm. in a very different, different way. Different way, yeah, yeah. I'll you know I, I'm confident because I've yeah. had such a clear month, yeah, that I don't want to go back to that guy. It's so different to to drink for pleasure compared to and bloody can sneak up on you yeah. to drink because oh, I better have another drink and then I better have another drink and and before you know it, you're pissed. Yeah. That's a really different and then you're hungover, scenario. And then, and then you're then hungover. Got a yeah. gig and you've got to get up and deal with a gig. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, well done. I hope this isn't patronising, but I'm so proud of you. I'm not proud to thank you. No, I really you know, am. It's, it's, it, you know, it weirdly wasn't hard, but it was hard to get there. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like so many changes in fucking hell. That could be like Dianelli merch, <laughs> I reckon. You know what I mean? Like so many big decisions in life are much harder in the build-up than the actual – Thing. thing itself, you know, it's the anticipation of it. And God, I haven't even been to AA, and I feel like I've like got all of <laughs> like that's. The, I, I do have that thing of going. Um, that's why I'm glad Dry July's finishing. Yeah, because I think then the topic will not be about that. Yes, yes. So yes. then, which has been great, but I think yes. I want to be. I don't want it to bore. I don't want people no, to be like, "Oh, where's this coming?" I think, oh, I think, it's coming? Like, I, I know, think as there's. I, said, I don't care in a way. Yeah, but 
I honestly think there's a lot of listeners who will who are thinking about it because I really do think once you start to get into your mid to late 40s, if you have been a drinker or you've been in anything, the effects of it start to show. Yeah. In a way that they don't 10 years before, 20 years before. So, but there's a lot of fear and change. So it's nice to hear someone who's gone. It doesn't matter if you start drinking again. Oh, when I do it. encourage it, I mean, on the in my other life, I do also run a bar. Yeah, so exactly. I do encourage it. Come and have a drink with me. I might be drinking. I might be. Well, I was also thinking what I'm, I think what I might do is start going. I'm cutting out shots. Yep. That's that's a thing. Yep. And then I'm also going to. This is my you know set. This is some your goals. reset. Yep. Um, go one for one. In the first instance. So, so if, I'm, one if, I, wine, if I'm going one water. to a part, a thing, an event, yeah. something where it's going to be a night of drinking vibes, yeah. then I think I'll go Prosecco, non-alcohol Prosecco. Like yeah. kind of – because I like – it's that's that's my so – I'm setting I mean, myself some rules. I've, I've got other shit, but drinking's never been an issue for me. But I'd go one wine, one water. One wine, one water. I don't like water. Yeah. Well, it could be something else. <laughs> you can have a Coke. The main thing that's done – is made me trust myself again. Yeah. Oh, that's so I feel nice. like I can. I've. I'm. I feel like I was losing myself a bit and lost. Yeah. And now I feel like if I say I'm going to do something, I feel like I'm going yeah. to do it to my, for myself. You know what's happened? I think observing uh, someone that I love, AEU, going through this. I think your nervous system settled, mm. and that from there everything improves. You know, because if you're in fight or flight constantly, then you're chasing your fucking tail. Like you just seem like you've settled. Yeah. It's great. Yes. Beautiful. All right. So being sloppy seconds, I hate this bit, but I get to hand over to you to host for this little next segment where you get to ask me, free kick, ask me anything you want. Okay. Um, Hello, you're listening to the Dear Nelly yeah. podcast. This is Wes Snelling. Yeah, my special guest today is Nelly Thomas. And some of you may recognise that voice from dun, 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 Deadlock. Oh, Deadlock, yes. I was yes. a radio, I played a radio voice in Headlock. Yes, That's true. you did. I, I was Which is watching, amazing was it episode four or something I was watching? I went, oh, it's Wes. Well, I'd forgotten that I did it. Like, yeah. as in, I didn't forget I did it. As in, yeah. I was so into the series yes. when I was watching it that I, my voice popped up and I, yes. I was like, shit. Yeah. Um, I'm actually in two episodes because I forgot I, I did know. two as well. Like, I know. yeah. Anyway, I love that show. Yeah. I, love, I love them. I love ABC the iView, is it? No, Paramount uh, Plus. Pa- Paramount Plus. Uh, no, Prime Amazon. Amazon Prime. All right. You'll find it. Yeah. <laughs> um, All right. What's your question? I want, well, act, what? We haven't really ever talked about this, I yeah. think. But, um, do you – well, as far as I knew yeah. or know, you are an out bisexual person. Bisexual. Yeah. Um, and if you weren't, you are now. Yeah. Um, so – I don't think it's a secret. Is that how you would identify at um, the moment? The way that I would describe it is probably reluctantly because I've never liked that word. So I prefer the word queer. So in the mid-90s, I did, like, I did my honours thesis on queer theory. For any nerds listening, you know, I was really into Judith Butler and Foucault and all that kind of stuff. And a big part of that movement was a kind of rejection of those categories, you know, and that's really difficult in a political sense because you need categories to agitate for rights and change and things like that. But I never, I've never liked rules that much you know about me, mm. you know. So 
in a sense, like I'll use it reluctantly because it's the word that people understand someone like my experience, but I don't like what it implies. I think it implies a very binary attraction. It implies a kind of 50-50 attraction and then there's a whole range of stereotypes. Like if I said to you as a gay man, what stereotypes have you heard about bisexuality? Oh, that's why I'm bringing it up. Yeah. Because, I mean, as, as long as – because I, you know, I've had um, sex with women when I was yeah. – prior to coming out. Yeah. Um, and, you know, enjoyed it. And yeah. I, I wouldn't consider myself bisexual as yeah. experimentation. Yeah. Um, I say gay now just because it's easy. Yeah. You to say. Yeah. But that could change too. Yeah. As in, um, who knows? I'm, yeah. I don't, you know what I mean? I don't yeah. really know. But, I mean, I do uh, – you know what I mean? <laughs> I think the point is... This is exactly I mean, what happens in this discussion. <laughs> it's a big one and I'm, I'm not throwing a big topic at you. But it no, is. It is. It's It's not about... Because obviously, yeah, I think the fluidity, mm. you know, no one needs to define anymore all of that yeah. stuff. I guess why I brought it up is because I'm interested to know when... Because you would have comfortably at a time, I reckon, probably mm. called said you're bisexual. Um, actually never. I've right. never been comfortable with it. I've done it out of necessity. So when I first came out, so I came out when Sorry, I was... Sorry, did I just try to explain how you feel? No, not at all. Not at all. I <laughs> Take think that back. I actually welcome, with with you I welcome this conversation. I don't welcome it with everybody for, and you'll know why. Because there's such a range of misinformation and equally in the straight and gay community. right? So I think that's why so many bisexual people feel marginalised because to some degree we're rejected by everybody and that's improved but it's still there. Yeah. It's still there. Like I've been on dates with women who've literally gone bisexual, absolutely not, and wanted to end the date. Like that is a real experience in real time. So I think it's a really sensitive area for a lot of people because there's a lot of reject. You might get rejected by your family. You experience the same amount of homophobia you experience discrimination and then you go to your people and get the same shit. Yeah. You know, so that's very, like the mental health, um, poor mental health rates in the LGBTI community are highest among the T, among trans people and bisexual people. And that is because of this sort of rejection that's still there. And it's not the olden days, it's now. You know, so to some degree, like, I still embrace the label in defiance. You know, because I'm like, fuck yeah, I'll do what I want. Like I won't be dictated to by what you think I need to do to be a good queer. It's actually, I say queer too, I just realised. I say queer unless people specifically ask what's your sexuality. Yes. If people say, if if I would say, if I was, I would say I'm a queer person. Yes. Or I'm going to a queer venue. The hard thing with that though is that for people who aren't familiar with queer politics they think it's an insult and not everyone well because it used to be it's a reclaiming but not everyone understands the the intent behind using that word that reclaiming so if i was in a very straight space for example i would feel reluctant to say queer because they don't know what it means i was at a family reunion the other day with cousins and cousins and cousins who i assume will accept me well they didn't kick me out yeah uh and I said the word queer, but I noticed, which has been a long time since I've done this, that I went, oh, yeah, I was at a queer venue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I no- I'd noticed yeah, yeah. myself do it and I hadn't yeah. been in that place for a long yeah. time and I just thought, oh, why didn't I just go quiet? Yeah. 
Or if I'm being interviewed in like on a straight radio station or something like that, I'm really conscious of people listening and indeed the host sometimes not understanding the political power of that word or even what I mean. Let me put this to you. I was thinking about this like one of the things you encounter most. So I've had three relationships with women. I've had one relationship with a man, but it was a long-term relationship. And when I was in a relationship with a man and I would tell people I was bisexual, people automatically assumed, in most cases, oh, you must actually be straight, right, because you've got this long-term relationship, right? Yep. For a lot of bisexual men, I think people assume, oh, they're actually gay and they don't want to say they're gay. In both cases, there is, I think, quite a misogynist assumption that women aren't enough, Right, that you must be centred around male sexuality. A bisexual woman's actually straight. She actually needs a man. She's going to leave you for a man. Like I'm in lesbian chat forums, lesbian spaces. The amount of times I hear that I wouldn't date a bisexual woman, she'll leave you for a man. And for bisexual men, no, no, they must actually be gay because they couldn't possibly be satisfied by a woman. And there's an underlying Mm. assumption in that that women on their own are not enough. I fucking hate that. Yeah, well, I'm, I just, I'm crawling into a hole. Um, no, I. <laughs> Why? No, 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 because have I gone too because far? I think you're right. No, I absolutely think you're right. I yeah. just, just, just uh, going through my head, hoping that that's not. Well, it, if it, even if it has come from that place, I'll think differently now. Isn't it ironic though uh, to, to receive that in lesbian spaces, like the idea when you've got a group of women who have had to counter homophobia who've had to deal with all the shit that you deal with when you're queer who presumably at least know something about gender and sexuality and feminism making an assumption that oh I can't date a bisexual girl because she'll eventually leave me for a guy like what who who? well there's a I mean there's it's home you know um what's the word internalized homophobia internalized homophobia yeah which is rife throughout, yeah. Yeah. When Ricky Martin came out, I remember this because I would have been, that was what, late 90s probably? I saw the same thing with Anne Hesch. There's been a range of other people. So Ricky Martin had been engaged to a woman for seven or eight years. I remember seeing him interviewed when he came out and they were basically, and I've had the same questions, exactly the same 20 years later, saying to Ricky Martin, oh, did you and that woman have sex? That woman being his fiancée, he's like, yes. You know, was it satisfying? Yes. And I remember thinking to myself, A, you'd never ask someone straight that question. You'd never would an interview sit there, interviewer, and say, you know, did you have an open relationship? Were you unsatisfied? Did you cheat? All that sort of shit. It's like you're given permission to have your privacy invaded. But also there was part of me, and I'm not for a second telling anyone how they should identify, but there was part of me kind of going... Would it be acceptable for him to say I'm bisexual? Because you've had a loving, fulfilling relationship with a woman. Have you then decided that you're gay? Have you discovered that you're gay? Or is there so much biphobia that that's not okay? Well, that's that's because that, that, if, if we were going on that level, then I'd be bisexual, right? Yeah. Or I would identify as. But yeah. is it? can you change? Yes, uh, absolutely. That's, that's part of fluidity. I think that's what I'm trying to get at. Yes. Eventually he's going, yes. like I was yes potentially straight yeah in my mind yeah then bisexual yeah now gay 
Yeah. And that's where I'm at at the moment. Yeah. And to- cool. I'm allowed to do that. Yeah, of course you are. You can do whatever and I want. And so is Ricky Martin. And I'm not talking about him specifically. He can identify however he wants. But if you think of Angelina Jolie, Han- Anne Hesch, you know, any kind of prominent bisexual, it's always the same kind of narrative. It's like we literally don't exist. I do not believe you. Despite the fact that human sexuality, like every study since Kinsey has shown that the majority of people are bisexual in the sense that we understand attraction is fluid and that the both ends are the outliers, people who are 100% straight, 100% gay. Most people are pansexual, bisexual, fluid, whatever label you want to call it. But we don't believe people when they say I am or they have assumptions about it. Let me complicate it even further. And I've said this on the podcast before, even though my longest relationship's been with a man, my primary attraction's to women. But I would never rule any of the genders out. Well, that was going to be my next question yeah. is because I feel like um, you've probably told me in confidence, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like mostly at the moment you're looking for a woman. Yeah. Ma- look, when you talk, when, when yeah. we chat, you say, I'm yeah. being on a date with a woman. Yeah. I'm... Going, going, yeah. I'm looking, I saw this woman. Yeah. Like it's mostly commenting on women. So yeah. does that mean where you're at at the moment, you – we've kind of answered by saying you identify as queer, really, but as yes. in you don't need to label it as anything. I don't prefer a label. Like I said, if I was pushed – if I was if I was sitting down in a straight interview situation they asked me, I'd say bisexual because I know that's what they understand. And going into the nuances of what that means, I mean, for me it's that shit's creek situation it's like I'm into the wine not the label you know I am if I really could choose a label it would be sapiosexual for me it is mental connection if someone is like flirty I'm connected they're smart they make me laugh or I'm likely to find them attractive it just happens that that's most often women yeah but it's not about let me put it this it's hard to explain it's not about their body do you know what I mean? Like if that same well, do, personality was I in go a guy. For first, no, but see, not I a don't. Type, but not right. a type. As in it's not about they don't have to be a certain way. Yeah. But there is a feeling yes. that I get yes. physically first. Yeah. Which which also is about aura and emotion yeah. you know, and, and mental as well. Like and I get energy that. And, and energy. all that kind of stuff. But yeah. I think there's but but to be honest with you, it is like I mean when, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Why would I? Yeah. But it's it's a physical it's it's the physical attraction leads before I go to the next step. The next step. So that doesn't I, mean I have to have sex with a person. No, no. It just, that's but that's your attraction. Where I would say if I have that kind of connection with someone, then the physical comes. Yeah. I mean, pardon the pun. You know, yeah. <laughs> like that. Hopefully. That's what gets me going. Yeah. Have I answered all your questions? Yeah. Well, Do you have I mean, any more? not enough time. Oh, you can ask more. Well, I was go- no, I think you've answered for that section. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My, I, I need another Dexy. Yeah. Oh, okay, and then I can focus again. I've worn you out. <laughs> no, no, not at all. <laughs> not at all. I'm just aware because it's, it's such a big topic. Yeah, it really and it is. is and, and, you know, at the end of the day, I think yeah. my, the thing is is that you don't have to d- – you can define yourself however you want. That's that's the point. And I was just interested to know how where you were sitting at the moment and how, because you you did you come out as bisexual? 
Was there a moment? No, not really. So I came out initially, you know, it's 1992. So you fall in love with a girl, you're a lesbian. You know, like I shaved my head, I got overalls, you know. I, di- I literally kind of fitted the stereotype. Which, can I just say, yeah. that's what I was about the love thing before because uh. I came out when I fell in love with a man. Yeah, same. I had sex with men but didn't yeah. tell anyone. Right. I came out when I had when I had when I was in love and yeah. said I want to take this person home yeah. to meet my family. Well, interesting, isn't it? Wild how many like we both know so many straight men who fuck guys who would still identify as straight. I've yes, you know, like that's very good. And I know lesbians who sleep with men occasionally. They just don't tell anyone. They tell me. Yeah, <laughs> you know? I'm that person too. <laughs> we are that person. Yeah. So I came out initially as a lesbian, and then I think, um, you know, I had a couple of relationships with women. I had lots of, you know, dates and whatever with women. And so I was 19, and then Locke and I started seeing each other when I was, I think, 26. And it was very confronting for me to have fallen in love with a man. Um, I quite like feminine men, I like a hot butch, like I like a sort of gender play person and then I thought, well, I don't know, like what am I? And then I just decided it didn't matter. Um, And these days I think sort of however many years later I kind of go, I mean it's a joke but it's sort of true. I think I'm probably, I don't know, 90% lesbian, 10% fuck you. Yeah, you know? <laughs> fuck your rules. Yeah, um, because I would never close off that possibility. I know I have fallen in love with a man before, so is it possible? Yes. Is it likely? Probably not. Yeah. You know, but I'm just I'm doing me. Yeah. 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 Apparently, you'll love this because you know my oldest daughter. When I was talking to her about all of this, actually, um, she says to me, no, mum, you can't be bisexual. I'm like, oh, I thought, fuck, is she homophobic? She said, no, you're pansexual because bisexual people are transphobic. I'm like, what? (laughs) (laughs) I I can't keep up. What? I said, why? And she's like, because it assumes two genders and, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, Jesus Christ, there's nothing quite like a fucking 15-year-old telling you who you are. Mate, yeah. like I've been around this, these ideas. I did a thesis on this for Christ's sake. I've been thinking about this for 30 years, but okay. Well, this is where I'm interested in knowing how long do you think it's going to – well, in our lifetime, do you think yeah. it's going to get to a point where no one comes out at all? Ooh. No one defines at all. No, I don't think so because I think, as you well know, we're experiencing significant homophobic backlash at the moment. This is I mean, true. look to our American friends, but it's happening here too. And this is the great difficulty. Even though I've always been, like I believe in queer theory and all that kind of stuff, I recognise that it is not um, strategically, as an activist, um, possible to agitate for rights based on fluidity. You need to actually argue for same-sex marriage, for example. So how do you go to government and say, well, you're excluding this group of people if you can't even identify that group of people? So in some ways it might actually become more rigid. Not sure. Way to (laughs) bring it down, Nelly. Just trying to end on a positive note. Maybe it won't. I mean, like I said, generationally... I look at and I do a lot of work with young people and 
for them to, you know, heart stopper, all that kind of stuff, for them to come to school and say, oh, you know, I've got a boyfriend when they had a girlfriend last week, not to say there's no homophobia in schools, please don't email me, I get it, I see it, but it's far different than our experience. And oh, yeah. certainly if you were in the queer scene at that age, um, I don't think in the younger queer scene it would be even acceptable to be biphobic or transphobic, for example. So, mm. yes, I think it is, but it's sort of two steps forward, one back, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Good times. Good times. Okay. I was going to launch into a Paula Abdul song. <laughs> Which one? We go together because opposites oh, attract to you know. Any fiction just a natural fact. I loved Paula Abdul on American Idol. She shares a birthday with me. Oh, happy birthday Her and too. Richard Wilkins. <laughs> Speaking of gender fluid, gender fluid child. Yep. There you go. Um, so, speaking of culture, I want to do a little culture share with you. I have been watching a fabulous show on Netflix called Survival of the Thickest. Have you seen it? No, Ni Would you like... To hear about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. So it is a wonderful comedian who's gotten a show, which you and I are always thrilled about. She is in the show. Her character is late 30s. Basically, she discovers that her long-term partner has been cheating on her. She finds him. She's a big girl. She's like thickest, is like thick love, you know, Lizzo moment, celebrating body t- positivity and all that sort of stuff. She finds him fucking a woman who looks exactly like her but thin. <laughs> so there's sort of politics of, of that come into it. So she's late 30s going back into dating. So obvious resonances with this podcast. And it's just, it's really funny. It's really heartwarming. It's idealistic. You know, it's like every guy she goes on a date with falls in love with her. Yeah. And we know that that doesn't happen. Um, but I also kind of like that to the extent that the what we hear and, and understand from culture and TV is that she's going to be rejected. You know, that an older, fat, black woman is not um, hot. Whereas not only is she hot, they're like, you know, drooling. Um, and I think it's really sweet. She has to move in with a flatmate. She has to rebuild her career. She's like starting again. One of the things I love, the first night she becomes single, so she's been in a relationship for five years, first night she's single, she has a one-night stand. Yeah. Right? How do you think that goes? Yeah. <laughs> you know, she's like elated with the freedom but kind of goes in too hard and, you know, it's hard. Like it's not just fun. Yeah. You know, it brings up a whole range of stuff for her. Um Another thing I love is there's her best friend's a straight guy and he's a bit of a fuckboy. Like he's really cute and he's got a Manhattan loft and blah, blah, blah. And he's having sex with this woman, like casual sex with this woman, and he sort of pretends, you know, in the way that fuckboys do, like pretend to they sort of parrot the things I think they're meant to say. Like, would you like to stay for breakfast? Like knowing full <laughs> well he wants her to leave. She's like, nah. I've looked around your apartment. You haven't even got a couch. <laughs> you know, like this is not a place where you entertain people. Yeah. Like you're clearly a fuck boy. Like you've got two champagne glasses and one coffee mug. So I know what's going on here. I've had a good time. I'll leave. Yeah. And he's really shocked that she's called it because he's used to this script working, you know, of him kind of pretending that he might be boyfriend material. Um 
And then speaking of fluidity, one of her friends who's had sex with a range of women but in threesomes with her husband ends up having a sexual encounter with a woman on her own and basically goes, oh, <laughs> like, I think I've been that having my husband there gave me permission to do what I wanted to do and I'm not yet finished the series but I think that she's then going maybe I'm a lesbian and she must be sort of early 40s. So all the things we talk about on this podcast are in this show. Yeah, right. Yeah. Is it, was it um, how do I watch it? It's on Netflix. Netflix. And yes. And is uh, and is it is it a comedy? Yes, it is, it a, is comedy. a comedy. Even yeah. though it's based on a comedian. Yeah. yeah. So it's really interesting in that you know, like you know, this won't surprise either you or I, but obviously a lot of comedians have got things to say. So there's some Black Lives Matter commentary. There's definitely stuff about you know body positivity. There's the pressure she's getting from her mum. You're 38. You got to have kids. Go back to the cheetah. You know, there's a lot of – there's cultural commentary, but it's fucking funny. Like one of my favourite scenes is her her best friend and the woman. So her two best friends, they go jogging, but because they're in New York and weed is legal, they're all like high as a kite on because they're vaping weed. Yeah. <laughs> like fucked off their face. I'm in. <laughs> it's so fun. And even – I mean, I know it doesn't sound like much, but it does to me. Even seeing a fat woman jog, you know, like there's this, an assumption that – People living in larger bodies don't exercise. Yeah. Or they don't look after themselves or any like even that is just it's just lovely to to see it on TV. And she's in fashion. So she looks amazing. You know, it's really affirming. Yeah. Yeah. And if anyone listening is single in middle age, I mean get on it. I mean <laughs> get on it. It's yeah, it's fabulous. I was on my way here and I put on a t shirt. Yeah. That I'm wearing right now. Yeah. And I looked in the mirror and it's just the, the, the material, the kind of material it is makes me, it doesn't, it kind of hugs me a bit. Like yeah, it doesn't, yeah. it's, it's, it doesn't hide my fat. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my bits. Yeah. And my, you know, and so. Um, We've all got those mirror, clothes. I really like the t-shirt. It's great. And so I looked in the mirror and I was almost going to change. Yeah, because right. I don't. It doesn't, you know. Even know, coming I know to see you've me, seen me in every. Yeah, you've yes. seen me in everything. But yeah. it's, it's, when I leave the house, I want to look. Yeah. I won't run into someone in the lift. No, yeah. no, it's yeah. not that. It's actually just it's a personal thing. Yeah. But I looked in and I could see. Um, I went. I'll just wear it. I got into the uh. lift where a mirror is, and I saw like a bit of like, a, I could see. The, bit of chub. A bit of chub. Yeah. And I just went fuck it. Yeah. Why am I? Yeah. Who like. Yeah. Walk and if because because yeah. I was thinking I was carrying a suitcase too because anyway long story that's another story yeah and I was walking outside and I could feel my t shirt kind of like my yeah. stomach moving yeah as I was walking and people walking towards me and I just yeah. went I don't like I you know I wasn't yeah. I, obviously because I was thinking about it wasn't it was an issue at first yeah 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 but I talked myself through it and went no yeah. like. And you know what? what? I, I, I think that's actually really good to admit. This is one of the reasons, even though it is completely idealized. So, because her response in the survival of the thickest would be, okay, boy, I see you. You know, it's all that sort of Lizzo stuff. And yes, on the one hand, you kind of go, oh, this is very confected. It's affected. It's over the top. It's also really important. Like, even for me at my age, let alone, like, I'd love my daughter to watch it, for example. I'd love young women to be watching it. That stuff matters because the cultural messages are so strong that you should be ashamed of your chub, you know, or that you can't look hot 
in some leather pants or you're not allowed to wear that or you should wear the all that kind of stuff. So to counter that, you do need to go quite extreme. And watching, I'm about seven episodes in, even for me, and I think I've done so much work on body image stuff. I'm not there, but I'm, you know, it's an ongoing thing. Yeah. I watch and I go, right, I'm going to wear, like I bought a tube dress, you know, one of those sort of woolen dresses with the high neck and stuff. And I go down and then my hips come out and then my legs go in. You know, I don't have that beautiful kind of that curve where you get the butt and whatever. Well, it is beautiful. I know. Oh. And this one, and I thought, and I had bought that and I put it away and I probably won't wear that. And I went, I'm fucking wearing that. Yeah. You know, because watching it and seeing, she's not pretending it doesn't affect her. Well, and what I've got to remember is that when I see someone who doesn't care. Oh, they're so cute. I'm like... Yes, that just is so exciting and attractive yes. to me. That why that if I if I yes. take on that mantra, yes, then why why, why am I you know I can want to be we, the person who doesn't care. So can why we go full circle back to the sapiosexual thing? I have been on dates with people of all shapes and sizes. I really have, and it has not affected my attraction. It is, and that's not me trying to be like Pollyanna. I really sincerely mean that. It is how they carry it. You know, if they are proud of themselves, if they're confident, that's hot. Yeah. You know, and I'm trying to sort of put that into my head. So if I'm walking in to grouse in that tube dress and I'm confident, I will be hot. Yeah. It's not about where my hips are. Yeah. You know, so I'm trying. We're all trying. It's also really good lighting at the grouse bar yeah. that you're just talking about. <laughs> no. True that. Uh, yeah. Yes. So, armchair expert, I've got a couple of memes for you, actually. The first one is um, a post on Instagram. This is from How Good Is This um, Handle, Tank Sinatra. Yeah. I'm into it. (laughs) So, he says, me as a kid, I can't wait until I'm an adult and nobody can tell me what to do. Me as an adult, someone please tell me what to do. (laughs) (laughs) How does that hit you? Oh, my God. Right? When I was going through year 12, my brother was saying, just get through this because once you leave high school, like your world, everything, it's you, everything changed. Like yeah. you can do whatever you want to do. You can. Yeah. And then I got into fucking university <laughs> and I was like, this is worse. <laughs> yeah. What? Like you lied to me. Yeah. I mean, he didn't because he went off and did his own thing, but it was just, it was, yeah, I, not a. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hundred percent, hunch. You know when you're a little kid and you're like, oh, when I grow up and I can stay up as late as I want and I can bloody eat Doritos and I can do the da da da. And then you're my age and you're going, will someone tell me to go to bed? Yeah. <laughs> will someone tell me to put the back of Doritos yeah. down. <laughs> no, I. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Another thing. Dry July. Not yeah. drinking. Um, the need for chocolate and desserts ah. is real. Yes. Like. Yes. I, I 
eating more yeah, yeah. that stuff anyway. That's Although I bet on average you're having less sugar because there's so much sugar in booze. Oh, exactly. So yeah. it's, it's not even about – I don't it's, – it's, I do it like as in – it's just that I never was into that. Yeah. So it's just interesting yes. that it's like now I am. But that's changed. Your yeah. taste buds it's are probably It's not that I'm back. binging it. It's just more that yeah. it's like I'm actually yeah. putting stuff in the cupboard that I'll have later, like treats for myself, I guess. Yeah. I guess it's, that's what it is. Yeah, It's it a is. bit of that. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but don't you wish, like, I wish there was someone there to go that I would listen to, and that's rare. Yeah, I was just going to say, I was, I was like, I'm looking at you going, where is that person, You know doll? that little, like, th- thing you wish was on your shoulder going, no, do go to the gym, Nelly. You know, or do have another glass of water. Whereas as a kid, like, all you're waiting for is... Stop telling me what to do. Yeah. Oh, and then when someone tells me what to do, I go, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> Stop telling me what to do. Stop eating carbs. Now I'm buying pasta. Yeah. Yeah, totally. But I, I just think it's an interesting, in a way, in the context of this podcast, it's a little bit, you know, we talk about grasses being greener. Like so many guests who come on who are in like long-term relationships are so apologetic about it. And then people who are long-term single come in and they're so apologetic about it because it's like – what you're not in, you assume the other thing must be better. You know, like if I'm in a relationship, I'm a, I'm, I'd love that freedom. Oh, I've got so much fucking freedom. Would someone ask me how I am? Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. It's, yeah. All right, I've got another one. This one's a bit deeper. Love you ready? It. You ready to go deep? About deep. I'm all about Stop it. Stop it. I can't attribute this one. I just saw it on Facebook. To the degree to which a person can grow is directly proportionate to the amount of truth they can accept about themselves without shifting blame upon someone else. Yes. What do you think about that? I agree. Can you give me an example? Um, what I was just been doing and talking about, actually. Mm. Oh, is it not meant to be about me? No, it can totally be about <laughs> you. Uh, I think it actually, these kinds of things, like I think they're good starting points, but you kind of need real world examples to, for them to resonate. Well, it's about, I, I think that, uh, I think trying to, growing and developing is something that happens. It's not something that you realise is happening at the time. Mm. What I mean by that is, is that I feel like I've really grown in the last month. Yeah, but it was it, it's happening at the time. But I wouldn't have, I didn't plan. Like I, did, it, it kind of it's unplanned. Mm. Like it didn't. It's not something I'm aware of happening when it's happening. Mm. It's almost like a that's just happened. Oh my god, I've grown. Mm. Um, I think you get and just to continue from that point, I think you gave an example of it earlier where you said, like, say if you go into a bar or something or you go into a gig and someone offers you a drink and you take that drink, you've got two options. One is either to say they shouldn't have offered me the drink or to do what you said and went, well, I shouldn't have taken it if I didn't want to have the drink. I'm definitely later in in life come to realise that it's every decision that is made is, is mine. Like, mm. you know, how I take it, how I take it, mm. you know, how I respond. Um, definitely learning that you can you can make, you can change, uh, you can grow from mistakes. Yep. Failing is the biggest thing that you can learn from. Mm. <laughs> and I, you know, having t- done comedy, taught comedy mm. and mentored and all that stuff, it's like mm. that's the biggest thing I learned from doing that mm. was to say to people, you've got to – Fail and 
bomb mm. to do well. Oh, of course. And so I think that's the biggest growth comes from failing and um, and being able to trust and accept how you get through that fa- that mm. that mistake or failure, whatever you want to mm. term it, that uh, is how you grow and develop. All right, let's get this shit off us. Shall we go to a listener <laughs> it's call? It's only been three hours. Hi, Nelly. It's Luke here. I'm loving the show and I'm really appreciating the different perspectives from your guests. In your second chat with Scott, you mentioned that you weren't interested in profiles with no bio. My question is, what should I make of those profiles? Is that code for wanting something casual? Or are these people just so popular that they don't need to bother writing anything? I know they're real because there have been times that I recognised a person, like a friend of a friend, but I felt weird swiping right on someone when I had nothing to go on but their appearance, and it made it hard to start the conversation. I also wonder how to process conflicting advice from friends. I had a comment on my profile about having a drink and getting comfortable in a booth. It's mostly because I think it's cosy, and it gave it little insight into things I like. But also, some of us have physiques that make us more comfortable on sturdy furniture rather than some flimsy stool. And I was really touched when one lady I chatted to picked up on the booth comment, and when we planned to meet, she suggested a particular place because there was a booth there. But when I was showing a friend my profile, she thought the comment just made me sound fussy or high maintenance. So I found that tricky to get right. And just a quick correction from when you read my email, you identified me as Luke from Canberra, but I'm actually in Sydney. I'm not dating, so it doesn't really matter, but I just didn't want to disappoint all the nice people in the ACT. Love your work. Bye. <laughs> Luke oh, from Sydney. Doesn't he sound adorbs? Yes. I'll fight you for him. Well. Hello, Luke. Um, so, lovely, Luke. Let's start with the first part of the question, which is because I get a big, like, bee in my bonnet about I did a special episode for subscribers on online dating tips, and one of my tips is write something in your profile you know when someone just got like where's 44 capricorn fucking hell dude put in some effort yeah you know so luke's going how do i read that so i'm not on the apps, apps anymore but i used to be yes. a lot and i never i i really struggle with putting a bio there mm. it's a fear Insecurity and fear. So, what's the fear? Tell me. Uh, fear that I'm too scared because I, I, I'm more than a bio. Yes. And I felt like I'd start to write one, and then I was trying to be a particular person, like, and then I'd put that bio up, and then the next time I'm on there, I'd look at it and go, "I'm not feeling that right now." So, you yeah. know, um, examples, grinder apps like that, like yeah. put, you know, at, if I might have put on, I was looking, you know, looking at that time for something in particular, yeah. and then. But I might be looking for a relationship, but I might not be too. Yeah. Like it kind of depends on the person. Yeah. Admittedly, even just saying that out loud, I could probably just write that, right? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Just like yes. that's uh, that, that would yes. be the, the, the way to go. So you couldn't find when the I words. When I was on the apps. I couldn't find the words and yeah. I didn't – I think it would be different now if I was on the apps. When, when I was on the apps, the reason I didn't put a bio was mostly because I was – Scared to be rejected or, yeah. scared, you know, for all, of, all of the fears and insecurities. And so yes. I just didn't feel – Worthy, I guess, to put yes. to put the, um, or I just couldn't feel like I could do a twenty five words or less on what. Yes. On what you couldn't encapsulate on, the wes. When people say, you know, um, what are your hobbies and all that stuff, I just felt a little bit like, oh, I don't, mm. it's not my, it's not mm. how, like, 
Not how you enter the world. Yeah, and I felt like I did, had to put, I had to sell myself. I was, I was mm. marketing me as a person. Well, and that's that's a real risk, I think, when you're a performer because we're used to having to do that for yeah. shows and, you know, write a bio of your entire career. Same with the image, like choosing the image, I mean. Yeah, yeah. Well, if oh. you ever go back on, girlfriend, you know I'm doing all of that for you. But yeah. can I say, and you know that I, I'm – genuinely saying this with great love that is the reason i don't like um profiles without a bio because the way that i read that is that the person is not in the space for dating if they're feeling really insecure there's a couple of options they're either feeling really insecure and unsure and unworthy and all of those things frighten me in terms in a dating context because i've been on dates like that and they're hard or they're arrogant and they think their photo's enough. Yeah. You know, that they're so fucking hot that exactly what Luke was saying, oh that God, they don't no, have to put in – and I know that's not you. Yeah. But that, that, you know, who cares? I do this routinely. You know, I'm hot. I'm no, I know I'm going to get lots of likes. And neither of those things is appealing to me, which is why I reckon try – even if you do it with a friend – Try and at least put a couple of sentences. No, it's interesting because even you saying that, the like the I would be, be the same. I'd actually be yeah, about right. someone else's profile. Yeah. I'd be like, I need to know more. Yeah. I don't know, like, Something. Like even if it is, you know, I really love the Golden Girls. You know what I mean? Like I don't need your bloody what you did at school and where you went mm. to uni. And I do. Uh, I, it is different now. I must say I, I feel like when I was on the apps it was more – if I put something like I love the Golden Girls, yeah. I feel like it was too gay. Oh, isn't that interesting? On Grinder, Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah. No, too too gay for sex. Like, wow. you know what I mean? Too, it was like... I'm too, too intimate. Yes. But that's that. Wow. I'd be, that'd be different now. Yes. I think we've changed. This is when apps yeah. were first a thing. Yes. yes. Like in terms of the, you know, recent, like yeah. iPhones. Yeah. You know, I, I think like it was... It was... Definitely, I felt on the man-to-man sides mm. for a long time. It was like if you didn't come across as like this sexual boo yeah, or this yeah. mask person, yes, that you, um, that you that you, it, it, it's looked down upon. I guess we're learning lots about the prejudices within all minorities, aren't yeah. we? Because I mean that shit's real. But I think it's different. I just been a while since I've been on, so yeah, I, yeah, really no. Been... But I think it, that is real, and I think for me. <sighs> Like I said, you don't need to go into great detail, but give me something we can talk about. You know, like if you really are, you're really into chess, like I don't really care what it is, honestly. It's like that means when I message you, I can kind of go, oh, how you know how good are you at chess? Or you then know I've read your profile. That means there's a certain level of effort that I've gone to. If someone is, and a lot of people are window shopping on the apps. If they're just window shopping and they're like starting conversations and they never have any intention of meeting up, they're very unlikely to read your profile. So I think for me, I'll write a profile and then see if they've read it. And if they haven't read it, I don't think you're really in it. Yeah. You know, or you've just seen what you think is a pretty face and that'll do. Well, that's not enough for but me. There might just be people window shopping. I mean, that happens on any socials. For sure. So many friends yeah. I have on Insta who don't use yeah. it, but they. No, yeah. Seem to know everything that's going on with everyone else. I don't think there's anything wrong with window shopping. I think what there's wrong with is leading people on. You know, yeah, we get yeah. people calling in where someone will start messaging them and they're implying that they're going to meet up, they're implying they're going to date. They like being flirted with, they like the attention. And the minute it comes to should we have a glass of wine or in any way make any contact, they're out. 
and they ghost. And I understand why they're doing it. I don't think they're demons, but it wastes people's time and it hurts people, you know. So if they've gone to the effort of putting a profile, if they've been vulnerable enough to at least give you a couple, like I love pasta, I don't, whatever it is, (laughs) okay, you're sharing something of yourself, you know. You're not being so guarded or arrogant. I really want pasta now. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, you just uh, my brain just went. I'm like I'm here, but I was like, oh, could go a carbon. I haven't had pasta in a while. Yes, I'd passed the other night. The other part of Luke's question, I love this. So his friend has said saying that he'd like to sit in a booth makes him look high maintenance. I I don't think it does. I wouldn't. What were have you thinking? Thought that but then it depends on the context i want to read the full profile yes the full comments sitting in a um booth, i mean no i wouldn't have thought that yeah. i think it's okay like to say i'm all about going to sit in a booth especially if you were messaging i think it's really lovely that the woman who went on a date with him recognized that he'd be more comfortable on a booth than on a high stool or something that could be age that could be weight that could be back problems it could whatever yeah. it is that's someone being considerate yeah. I, I like it. I only think it's when the issues when people say no this. Yes. That's the only issue. Yes. Scott Brennan, you've probably talked a lot yes. about, I imagine. Yes. Because we used to talk a lot about that. It's like, yeah, the no, no, I won't even say words. Yeah. Because it's just like, well, don't, you, yeah. what do you, don't well, you dare. I know. that All that, anything negative like that. But I re- I'm a yes and person. Exactly. Meanwhile, I'm saying don't say no. Um, I just think it's really sweet that someone, like if you are going on a date with someone who, you know, as you know, for example, like my daughter has chronic fatigue syndrome. Okay. Well, you're not taking her hiking. <laughs> are you? You know what I mean? Like be to be considerate enough to yeah. kind of go, okay, I will think that through and think of a venue where she's not going to walk far from a train station or ask her. Ask her what she needs. And it could be as simple as, you know, I'm a fat lady. I don't want to sit on a high stool with a tiny bloody, you know, 20 cent piece for my ass. <laughs> like, I'll do it, but I'll be a lot more comfortable if we're sitting in a booth. Luke and I will be having a great time sitting in that booth. All right. So I reckon, Luke, I think that that was lovely. To me, that would be a green flag. Um, unless you've got on your profile, no stalls, like that's too far. But if you've gone, hey, let's meet for a glass of wine in a nice booth and uh, like you're phrasing it positively, I can't see a problem with that. That's not high maintenance. Yeah. That's assertiveness. Yeah. You know, that wouldn't wouldn't bother me. No. At all. Tick, tick, tick. Luke Booth. Oh, love you, Luke. Mm. All right, last thing and then we finish up. Big mistake. What's the biggest mistake that you see – Wesley Snelling, in dating and relationships? Not that you've necessarily done, but you see. Uh, possession. Yes. Possessiveness. All right, tell me. Um, something I've, I have done, actually, when mm. I fell in love, the first time I fell in love. but um, You were 20. again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a baby. And, um, but I see it now a lot. And this isn't just, it's not actually, it's not actually just in relationships. It's really mm. all relationships. Friendships, family. family but it's work just, even. Um, as soon as people start to feel like they own someone else yes. or have have control over that person yes. or um, I just see that's – well, for me now I see it as a red flag in relationships in Same. general, socially. Yep. If I, I, 
I'm quite an open person and yeah. I meet people really easily and I have a lot of fun, right? Mm. Uh, I can tell if someone's starting to um, – or if I am starting to get smother. a situation where it's smother, um, feel like jealous, envious, mm. all that stuff. It all leads mm. – it's all it all stems from possession, I mm. think, and it all leads to these other things. And it's not just about so, – someone else doing it to me it's mm. me as well if i start to Catching recognize it. those signs yeah. in myself yeah i either change direction yeah or i change what i'm doing and and yeah. stop myself and go i don't I like this yeah you know I'll loyalty is not control no they're really different things you can be i would say you and i are very loyal to each other yeah i would never try and control you you would never try and control me you can try i wouldn't even try <laughs> i know, wouldn't I even know. try and the same in relationships. I was talking to a friend about this, about another um, issue, and she said, oh, yeah, once they start to get possessive, the drawbridge goes up. And I went, oh, fuck, you're so right. It shuts down, for me anyway, it shuts down um, attraction. It shuts – if I don't feel autonomous, and that doesn't mean I'm allowed to root around, like I'm okay with monogamy. It's not about that. It's about – who, who are you allowed to see? Who, where are you allowed to go? What should you wear? What, whatever it is. Like, I mean, you couldn't get a more closed vagina. <laughs> yeah, it's like what? <laughs> where? Do, like, it's not hot. Yeah, like, no, I got it. That smothering's not hot. Well, I also think it's um, damaging. I think if I think it actually for me it creates so much anxiety. Yeah, exactly. Now I can recognise it. Yeah. But I, for, for a long time, again, when it was happening from both sides in yeah. different scenarios... You didn't know. I would just be like, oh, I'm doing... I'm, I'm so, like yeah. it's, and, and flouncing about and just going... Yeah. But it's so unhelpful and yeah. really... Um, I think it's, it's, it's debilitating in some ways. I actually. think it is. I think it, it's... It, I mean, I joke about it being a boner killer, but what I really mean is it can kill relationships. Yeah. You know, well, that and, level and of possessiveness. And yourself. Yeah. Um, all, all of the above. If you can't go to a work function. I've seen relationships where you're not allowed to go to a work function without your partner coming because they don't like you, you know, being at a work function in case, I don't know what, in case someone talks to you. Oh, my God, man. Yeah. Like, we're done. Like, you have to have, you have to be your own person. Yeah. If there's one thing we can learn from the Sex and the City reboot is that losing your identity is really dangerous, you know, hold on to your sense of self because rebuilding that from scratch when you're 50, it's no joke, you know. So do whatever stage you're at in life, hold on to that. I think you're right. That possessiveness is a really big issue. And just like that. And just like that. Nelly <laughs> and Wes save the world. We know nothing. <laughs> Seriously, have we just for an hour pretended to be therapists? It's like we're sitting here going, oh, and what you've got to do and how you do this. And you can't be that person. I've been around. Take it or leave it, bitches. That's it. You don't have to listen <laughs> to me. Leave it. Do you know what I always think is the same when I listen to podcasts? Some things resonate with me. Others I'm going, oh, I can get your hand off it. That's all part yeah. of it. All right. As long as it creates discussion. Yeah. On joy. <laughs> all right. Love you, Wes. Love you too. Bye. Dear Nelly, I could use some advice. Dear Nelly, yeah, some help would be nice. Dear Nelly, I'm eager to hear your point of view.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, thanks so much for listening to Dear Nelly. Now, don't be shy. I would love to hear your questions and comments. To send me a recording or an email, go to nellythomas.com and follow the links. It's super easy and you might hear me talk about your question in a future episode. Huge thanks to producer Sam Peterson from the Producer Boy Creative Production team and to producer Faye Younger, who in addition to being an excellent human, is also a brilliant real estate buyer's advocate and can be found at youngerhill.com. Thanks to Acast and all the team. And lastly, to you. Without the listeners, I'm just a middle-aged mole talking shit to no one. Please rate, review and consider subscribing for five bucks a month for a bonus episode and to help me keep the lights on. And tell your bloody mates, would you? I'd really appreciate it. Love yous.